2: Hey, you're listening to Eat Your Words and Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Kathy Irway. And today we, we're going to have a special episode that was spurned over, I think, a few happy hours amongst the Heritage Radio Network community. Um, I wanted to start with the thought that, you know, today food is sort of a food media is the new porn. Um, we talk about food porn. And, um, you know, look at it during the day in our offices. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about how women and media have evolved over the years. Um, so I'm joined by expert guests. They are both hosts of shows here on Heritage Radio Network. It's Leitee Sue, host of Word of Mouth. Hello. Hello. And Mary it co-host of Foment About It. Hey. All right. So this is so great because we have three hosts. Um, and... Uh, You guys are amazing, like, women in food outside of Heritage Radio Network, too. Mary, I think you're, like, one of the foremost beer (laughs) women. (laughs) Women in beer. (laughs) Women in beer. (laughs) (laughs) For a long time. Lainty, you do a number of food projects all the time. I can't even keep up. I connect food people. You connect food people. And so you meet a lot of people. And we've seen, you know, a changing face of representation of women in media. Um, so, I just, you know, t- for example, I think that, you know, the beginning of food media as we know it was shows like Julia Child. Um, and, you know, even not too long ago, you know, shows like. Um, Lydia Bastianich cooking show very simple. We're very matronly, you know. The the stereotypes was you know motherly, um, t- definitely not sexualized at all. <laughs> I would say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No one. No one. Really Actually, Julie almost Trump like anti-sexualized yeah. <laughs> too. And it was primarily for women learning how to cook. And nowadays, a lot of uh, all sorts of audiences are are digging into food and drink media. Um, for various reasons and there's a huge community out there so what do you guys think of um, and and I know you both work in um, a few niches too um, you know uh, there's also international food um, representation um, right
3: well I such a pleasure to be on your show, Kathy, and it's also fun to be on the other side of the mic. We're having a conversation, but...
2: You You can interview me, too. (laughs) I'm going to totally grill you. I'm going to grill you.
3: Well, okay, so this is fun, because lately I've been thinking a lot about how much the world wants and needs an Asian woman millennial, Anthony Bourdain, Gary Vaynerchuk, Oprah. Yeah, because
2: there's a lot of folks who are kind of like that, very opinionated and very stodgy, you know, sort of, you know
3: food, food obsessives or just uh, that, that everyone is, loves, everyone loves women, right? Everyone (laughs) loves women. Everybody loves Asian food. And yeah, you know, the, I look at, I look at the media landscape and there's not that expert. Uh, There's a couple of folks, but not that female Asian expert.
2: Right. It is very much a man's world. Um, and also professional dining, which we can talk about too. Uh, but Mary, have you? What do you think about you know
1: the world around you? And, yeah. Uh, well, so I come mostly from, from the beer side. Yeah, as you guys any... both know, so mm-hmm. male dominated. Right. Exactly. And it's so funny because I just judged. Um, New York City has an annual home brewing competition that's sanctioned by the American Homebrewers Association and the BJCP, so it's an official competition. We had 666 entries. I should have asked for the breakdown, but. Um, But, you know, we had, so we had judged the competition yesterday, all day, Friday night and all day yesterday at Alewife in Queens. And, you know, women are still minority, even in the home brewing world, definitely in the professional brewing world. But there were some women. Yeah. Entering. But I would say, yeah, absolutely. There were. Um, We had a couple women that won that placed. um, And then also, but even just looking at the judges, I'd say probably. Somewhere like 5% of the judges there were women. There was a handful of us, mm-hmm. and that's it.
3: So can I tell you, one time I went to a beer event at uh, with the Edible put on, and it was the first time in my life that the line for the men's restroom yes, had a that's huge true. line. I took a photo of it, and it was amazing.
1: Yeah, but that is true, though, actually, because, yeah. like, Beer Fest now, right. that is something that I've seen. So I've been, I've really been into craft beer, well, I started homebrewing in 2006, and mm-hmm. I probably, you know, started going to Beer Fest and stuff like that uh, several years before, and that has changed drastically now. Like, I was at the Great American Beer Fest um, in Denver, which is the largest beer fest in the country, and... um And Yeah, there's, I mean, I'd say a lot of these beer fests, it's probably Mm -hmm. half and half. So there's definitely a lot more women drinking craft beer. Okay, okay. But I don't, yeah, there's definitely not as many Mm -hmm. making it either on professional level or, you know, home level.
2: I guess that leads me to like the professional questions. Like what kind of limitations are there in these actual like career paths for women in both professional kitchens, you know, the chef track and brewing, which I think, you know, a lot of this is very physically demanding. Yeah. Um and maybe that maybe there 's some glass ceiling issues, or just a thought that you know a girl is not
3: tough enough so I mentor a lot of folks, kids, younger people, people younger than me, men, women, and I think so before we even dive into the whole conversation the industry to landscape, a lot of it has to come from inside, mm-hmm. so one of my biggest Pieces of advice, being inspired to do this, right, is, or just to feel empowered. So to, mm-hmm. and in, in the words that you use when you when you speak up. So, so taking the word "trying" out of your out oh. of your everyday. I hate that word. We don't try. We do. Um, <laughs> you know, watching out for the whole apologizing too much thing. Wow. You know, when a when a gal comes to a you know a, a meeting and she's like, "Sorry," and she's not even really late, and like, "Why are you sorry? <laughs> don't be sorry." You know, that's. I'm really wow. intense about that.
2: Yeah. That is really interesting, and do you think that just these normal kind of social norms maybe fall into um, uh, differences between male and female that that lead to different perceptions in the workplace? Yep. Yeah. Um, I agree. All right. So, I mean, if there's less female chefs that are have reached like the the apex of chefdom. Yep. And craft brewer dumb <laughs> right <laughs> uh, like so does that translate into less representation in the media um, in those roles
3: I I struggle with this so if you look at my show lineup you know my show tends to be finer dining chefs and that's definitely the one arena in food that is very underrepresented when it comes to women okay because that's like the kind of thing we have to throw your life away and maybe there there is a Uh, glass ceiling thing there Mm -hmm. Um, but I said look at my lineup and it's still not women enough and don't hate me for saying this but I I get this gut feeling that when I reach out to and these are chefs
2: we're talking about yeah
3: yeah, chefs are restaurateurs. so when I reach out to women chefs I, I think they're more likely to be like I'm too busy to do your show um, and, and you can totally push back on that and you can say, wow, you just haven't tried hard enough.
2: But you mean from experience they have been like too busy. That's
3: my gut yeah. feeling, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and just not putting, 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 putting yourself out there oh, as a priority as a, right. as a part of your work. So the publicity is less important. Um, maybe. Yeah. They're, they're focused on getting, getting the work done, which is important, but mm. you know, that, that's my gut feeling. Right. Um, then sometimes you have a couple like Stort and Nicole, Bre- uh, and Nicole Krasinski, who are the chef owners of State Bird Provisions. And they are equals, you know, as, as husband and wife and as partners in the business. Uh, Stort is the savory chef and Nicole is the the pastry chef. So okay. I have couples like that, that I make sure that even though Stuart usually talks to the press mm-hmm. that I want both of them on with mm-hmm.
2: me. That is really important. Cause I do know a lot of husband and wife teams out there. And, um, I mean a great example in the beer world is Kelso, um, named yep. after Kelly and Sonia Yep. and they kind of co-run this, but it's all about like Kelly in the limelight mostly. Um, yeah. And, and several restaurants, it's like a team business. Um, So somebody takes one role, the public role, public-facing role, and it sounds like from your experiences that a lot of the times that public-facing role is the men's role. Yeah,
3: and it hurts me when I see that. And then I say, no, no, no.
2: (laughs) Get in here on my show. You're coming
3: on, too. (laughs) Yeah. It's great to get both sides and both perspectives. And on my show, we talk about how they fell in love and all that jazz, and so I really... I really like that, you know. You wanted the bigger
1: picture. Yeah. Yeah, the
3: full picture. Yeah.
2: So, Leite, now you have this perception, or you've had the experience of seeing that women who do independently, you know, run a restaurant um, are extremely busy. Um, Mary, do you see any, uh, I guess, trends or traits amongst very
1: um, like women- involved, <laughs> involved
2: women in beer?
1: No, I don't. I don't. I haven't found that to be as true. I think Mm -hmm. with women in beer. I mean, we have some very some women like Kim Jordan who owns um, New Belgium. I mean, she's very vocal. She's very active in the community and the Brewers Association, and um, so I don't. I haven't seen that as much. I think in the brewing Mm -hmm. world. What about like stereotypes in, let's say, like media? So, blogging um, writers. Yeah, still more men, I'd say, Mm -hmm. in that world. Um, I'm trying. I'm thinking back to. we have There's a North American Beer Writers Guild that I'm a member of. Right. And I'm thinking back to our last couple meetings. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely, again, you know, mostly male. But there are right. some women. And um, Yeah, because I, I find that um, because it's such a small niche of women in beer,
2: that there's this, like, sort of emphasis on, like, the girl who liked beer. Yes. Like, when you see, like, uh, when you do see, like, experts in that world. Yeah,
3: yeah. Um, it's and, a good look for you. <laughs> it's pretty sexy.
1: Yeah, it is funny. I mean, well, because going back to, like, just talking about sexism and, like, homebrewing, right? Right. I mean, when I first... So I took the beer judging certification program exam to become a beer judge in 2006, the same year that I started homebrewing. And I had never been to the New York City Homebrewers Guild. That's where the classes were being given. So I showed up, and um, I didn't know anyone, but I saw, you know, there's a guy sitting at a table, and he has obviously the the same papers that I'm, you know, Mm -hmm. these training papers. So I said, oh, is anybody sitting across from me? Do you mind if I sit down? And and he says, no, no, go ahead. And I was like, I said, oh, are you here for the BJCP class? And he said, yes. I said, I am too. And he's like... Really? You're kidding? And I was the only uh. woman in the class.
3: Wow.
2: He
1: said you're kidding. Yeah. He like honestly did not believe that I was going to be there for the PJCP class.
3: This reminds me, So this is a good. This here's a little thing that you can do. A little dance. Um, Andre Mack. He used to be the head sommelier at, at per se, so it was not women anymore. But um, he he was like the head sommelier, and he's black. And they'd be like, "Can we speak to the sommelier, please?" Oh. And he'd like twirl around and be like uh-huh. <laughs> so great so great I'm gonna I mean, try that move Mary <laughs> imagine that per se like gosh
2: no but one of the cool things about Mary I think is that you don't really flaunt your girliness I guess hmm. you're not like frou-frou and like
3: <laughs> well she's got a frou-frou know, scarf on yeah. there's flowers
1: that's on
2: true. it that's true but it's not like it's not like this hoot of thunk
1: like there's she, not a lot of cleavage which is, sporting Oh, okay. yeah
3: can I use the word wench? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> this word keeps on popping I up know. in my head. Somebody, but that's already been claimed. Oh, be, the weird beer wench. I think mm-hmm. I follow her on Twitter or something. Mm-hmm. I have a question for you, ladies. Mm-hmm. What isn't it kind of a hilariously uncomfortable? And actually, we're going to shout out to Adina Steinman, who uh, is sick in bed with a cold and couldn't make it. But she, she and I were at a, a press dinner, and we started to just sort of scratch our heads around this thing. Like right now, you have. You know, food media being quite dominated by very, very talented food writers and editors who are women. And then yeah. the chef's world is very male dominated. Right. So you see this like this this world right. where there's this very important um, interaction between Flo-tation? women. and Ew, <laughs> No. Okay, sorry. No. Well, okay, interaction. Know,
1: yes.
3: Interaction. Personal, professional. And it's really uh, hilarious. That
2: is really true. (laughs) A lot of the magazines, and Adina is a great, you know, she was at... She's at Epicurious. Epicurious, Mm -hmm. and um, a lot of of the colleagues, you know, of ours in print and uh, traditional food media are women. Mm -hmm. Um, So that is really interesting, and and dealing with a lot of that chef gossip, I'm sure that, um, I don't know, it must be a little... (laughs) So let's get a little, you know, goss. You know, I don't know where I'm going with that,
3: but well, uh, for me but, personally, I, I've realized that um, the food world is like teeny weeny, tiny, super duper minuscule, and yeah, there's 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 I, I have to like, you know, even though I work and play 24 seven, I have to keep the two. Very separate. Mm-hmm. yeah,
2: mm-hmm. because there is that that feeling of it's being an in crowd and uh, wanting to spill the gossip it's a little bit like a <laughs> like a, a hen house sometimes, um mm. you know when we see like <laughs> the latest news break and who's who's chef left for where to go with what partner at a new venture mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I feel like it's good it's like when you know people personally and you got the inside scoop on things it's it really you have to have that kind of like intimate in interactions in order to get that for media. Um, but uh, I want to take a quick little break and talk so, about our favorite and least favorite uh, pet peeves mm. in food me- media. So we'll be right back. more.
1: You are listening to Vroom Vroom by Ball of Flame Shoot Fire.
2: following program was brought to you by s wallace edwards and sons
0: edwards suriano hams are aged to perfection for no less than 400 days and hickory smoked to achieve a deep mahogany color the edwards name is well known for
2: its world-class aged and cured meats their exclusive curing and aging recipe produces a unique flavor profile that enhances the quality characteristics of berkshire pork optimum amounts of pure white fat marbling contribute to a flavor that's a delicate Perfect balance between sweet and salty. For more information, visit edwardsvaham.com. We're back chatting more with Leitee Sue and Mary Izzet. Um So we're talking about women in food, and I don't want this to make, or I don't want to make this into, like, any, like, negative uh, session, so we want to talk about what we would like to see more of going forward. But first, <laughs> let's just cover what some of our least favorite <laughs> pervasive, uh, perhaps, stereotypes or trends
1: that we've seen in, in, our, in our fields. Um, does anyone want to start, Mary? Yeah, because I said so. I definitely. I was actually just commenting when I came into the studio today that I was reading this and this article uh, article on sexist beer labels. Okay. And it was written by I think it's written by someone who owns um, a store, and they have actually refused to stock beer that had, you know, an offensive label. Okay. Now, granted that beer labels can be offensive, and and ha- you know there are naked beers chicks. out there naked chicks, naked chicks. Yeah. On well, there. Okay. Like, panty dropper ale oh oh really oh my gosh yes makes me want to buy it already (laughs) exactly right (laughs) makes me want a beer called boxer dropper I know it's the market. (laughs) exactly exactly and whose panties are dropping (laughs) (laughs) so I'd say I mean I don't I don't know sexist beer labels like I said you know there's other beer labels that are offensive in other ways to other you know groups of individuals but uh that definitely is one and then i tell you my my most annoying and talking about Mm kind of sexing it up and you know appearance and how cleavage yeah is freaking like instagramming a you know women who instagram you know beer and cleavage i can't stand that like there's no reason for that yeah i mean when it's like well when it's when it's absolutely well when is it
2: Not absolutely ridiculous. Like in your
1: face. Yeah. I just feel like there's no reason for that. I mean, what you know, if you're trying, yeah, I guess, you know, you want to get as many people to follow you or retweet you or whatever, but there's got to be better ways to do that. Better ways to, you know, talk about your favorite beer or what you're drinking or what you're doing without, you know, using... That's a cheap one. (laughs) Yeah.
3: I just have a product that I really find hilarious and that I kind of hate, both taste-wise and marketing-wise, which is the Skinny Girl... Skinny girl vodka okay. and stuff, that all that. Th- those terrible mixes are disgusting to begin with, and then, I don't know, like... <laughs> d- 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 I
1: agree with you. Skinny I find yes. that it's just... Skinny
3: yeah. girl.
2: Skinny girl. It's the strangest brand name ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's Who buys that? Aspirational. How can you, you... know? It's a diet... <laughs> it's a diet alcohol
3: or mixer and wines, it too, I believe. It reminds me of the kind of, you know, girl that, that I... Okay, really, so I'm I'm definitely 20-something, but there's definitely 20-something-year-old women who are royally annoying. <laughs> that brand embodies mm-hmm. that for me. Okay. The that high-pitched kind of, voices. Yeah. The Like, one time I was sitting there, you know, working away on my laptop on a Sunday, as I do at a, a coffee shop around the corner from my apartment. Matcha bar. Um, right. And all of a sudden there's, like, a bunch of girls like descends upon me and they just talk extra loudly and i don't know if they're drunk from brunch but you know like you know like i like our like serious deep voice you know women type
0: that that <laughs> i want to see
3: more of in yeah. the yeah. media world yeah yeah definitely i think one one trend
2: um it that i find particularly frustrating is celebrity women just coming out with cookbooks for no rhyme or reason other than that they're pretty. And then there's like photos of them all over the cookbook. And it's like very aspirational look at my kitchen and it's great. And this is how I eat. And this is how fit my body looks. Um, it's, it's, uh, I don't know, I think it takes away and sure, certainly the recipes can be fine. I know you didn't, like, come up with this whole book by yourself, but, um, you know, there's got to be a better way to make cooking more accessible and not not so precious and not so, uh, I don't know, unattainable.
3: Yeah, I agree. But I think milk... Celebrity chefs come out with cookbooks left and right for no good not reason. Not celebrity
2: chefs. I mean celebrities. So I mean like oh, the okay. Gwyneth Paltrow's and like the Chris Jenner's. And yes, she came out with a cookbook. I'm not kidding you. Wow.
3: And, I um, wonder what's right. in that. I have to go pick that up.
2: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I
3: guess I'm not on it their media me, list. Though, and I was, oh, was like, that? whoa. You should totally have her on the show. <laughs> I don't think she would come That up. would be amazing. Like I would... <laughs> That I don't know be, what I would say to her because I that would be incredible. See,
2: this is this is my dilemma too, and this is why one of the reasons I I wanted to talk about this is because I get a lot of pitches that I don't know what to do with because it doesn't seem like it has a point or I am a rhyme or reason for being
3: other than like the male gaze of your beauty. Um, so. well, I think what what is um pretty pretty fun in food is that now food is no, foodie being a foodie and that word is terrible too, but is no longer just for like us, you know. It's mm-hmm. for everyone. So it would be fun. You know, you could ask her the hard questions. You could be like, What what is your food philosophy? You be... might
2: be royally disappointed
3: by the answer. Well I mean, <laughs> you, you know, you don't know until you ask. I'm That's I'm basically true. dying for you to
1: interview her. Okay. okay.
2: <laughs> Alright. So so what would we like to see change in the future
1: aside from me interviewing Christian or her video? <laughs> I think in the beer world, it's it's because I will say that um, that even though, you know, I mentioned there's been times where I've been kind of, uh, you know, disbelieved as a woman. Like when I, or I've, or i you know, been with a guy and I've ordered a craft beer and a- or ask about a craft beer on the menu. And the waiter, you know, while, would talk to the guy next to oh. me instead of me when I'm asking all the questions. <laughs> mm-hmm. But aside from from like those couple that those are pretty rare times, honestly, like I'm treated with a lot of respect. All the way around, even, you know, even whatever guys as a home brewer or a writer or whatever, you know, radio host, um, I don't really get I don't encounter any sexism in the beer world. But I think that a lot of women that are interested in home brewing or Mm -hmm. brewing or, you know, talking about craft beer, they do feel intimidated. And I, I, that's what I would like to see change. I would like women to to feel more welcome, Mm -hmm. you know. In the in the homebrewing and beer community, period. I think, and I think that the, the, the community, the beer and the homebrewing community, is a very welcoming to to people. Regardless, right. um, But people don't. But a lot of women don't feel that way. They're a little so, intimidated, yeah, perhaps. I think so. I mean, and you know, granted, you walk into a homebrew, you know, a crowded bar, a homebrew club, and there's thirty guys and one, one or two women. Yeah, then, you know, I would that feel is, a you know, little discouraged. Yeah. But don't feel discouraged, ladies. I'm sorry. Come on in. All
2: right, <laughs> I'm going to take some Latte'su power coaching lessons.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and and, and uh, yeah, okay. So very but that's what exciting. I would like to see is that you know, women just feel more welcome. Cool,
2: And you don't have to show cleavage That's right
3: To do it All right So So, lady, what's your dream come true For this topic? Again, people could come up with examples Left or right of incredibly brilliant Women chefs and women in in media That are just trailblazing Mm -hmm. But I am excited to see More women apologize less I'm I'm excited to see All you women out there Cut out the word trying from your from your vocabulary right because we don't try we do and there is so much room for a you know for more women that reach the 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 heights of you know like a Dave Chang or like a Mario Batali mm-hmm. that 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 level of like everyone looks up to them and you know they've got um in tremendous businesses, a lot of expertise and mm-hmm. like there are more women out there. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and I'm gonna get them on my show. I'm 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 doing my, my best. I'm I really watch watch out for that. Alright. Yeah. Good lady. Check out word of
2: mouth for sure. Um, so I think I think you know one of the one of the ways that we can encourage more women in professional um, heights of heights of their profession in the food world is it's really an institutional changes and the way we run food businesses and restaurants um, where it's really difficult for anyone with a family whether it be a man or a woman to have a life and do this profession which is very demanding and I think it leads to this sort of mentality of like this really um, rugged like macho sort of like I can take it. Can you like guts, no guts, no glory, um, mm-hmm. which and you see people, you know, really crash and burn. It's very disastrous. And, and people don't, um, at least in New York City, and I know that San Francisco and other places have have really improved on taking care of employees in the restaurant industry. Um, but, you know, health insurance, for one thing, paid vacations or just take vacation time, maternity leave. Paternity I mean, leave. Paternity leave. Also, you know, we'll see we'll see where we go with those things. And then maybe we'll see uh, more just healthfulness and equal representation, um, equal opportunities. And I I do think that that leads to a sort of uh, a media like a voice in the media when talking about food that is very sort of manly, and uh, there's some sexism in writing, and I mean, we, we can all talk about, you know, Anthony Bourdain um, as an earlier example of this, but I, I just think in general we see a lot of, like, oh, that food is, you know, sexy and, like, um, that, okay, okay, that maybe that's not the best example, but I think that we see some sexist writing here and there too.
3: Okay, like, what what is an example of that?
2: Um, well, you know, I guess the writing of Anthony Bourdain Mm -hmm. and then many imitators
3: Mm -hmm.
2: where it's like, you know, it's, it's basically sexualizing and objectifying women in a lot of those books. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Hmm. But you know, we'll see. I mean, things, things are changing and, and um, I hear about laws um, trying to be put in place to, um, to make maternity leaves at least unpaid or not, like a general thing around the, around all industries, basically. Yeah,
3: I, I agree with you. I, uh, the restaurant. What I'm seeing in the restaurant world is that even even male chefs are allowed to show their I don't want to call it feminine side, but the yelling is not as in vogue anymore. Um, it's okay to. Telling is not in vogue anymore. Yeah, really? it's okay to I it's okay to have some emotional question. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think um, people now. So the restaurant world has become more careery. You know, with so a fr- friend of mine, Alice Chang, started culinary agents. That's like a LinkedIn, but for the restaurant world. Now people have actual careers in restaurants, which then. There's less room for unprofessionalism, there's more room for growth and development and mentorship, and that is something that, you know, that makes me very happy. You can work for a male chef who gets it, or a female chef who's awesome, and and grow within you know, that restaurant or restaurant group. And that's, that, that's great to see.
2: Yeah, totally. And I really think that the work that both of you are doing is really helping realize a lot of changes in both of your industries. So congratulations to you both. I'm Thank so you glad, so much. So <laughs> I'm so glad that you guys
3: could talk here today. Yeah. Kathy, what are you on uh, social media?
2: Um, Kathy Erway mm-hmm. at Twitter
3: and Leite at Leite, L-E-I-T-I-H-S-U and my, that's on Instagram and Twitter and hashtag Wom Womshow, short for word of mouth.
2: And do check out Mary's blog, My Life on Craft. and Well, I'm not currently,
1: but it's, no. yeah, it's going to come back up. Okay, uh, sorry. Your Twitter I had it's, handle. Yeah, the book is done. So I have a book, my first book out, June 1st. Um, so yeah, kidding. I'm going to start blogging again more of what I'm doing in the in the fermentation world. And but I'm My Life on Craft on Twitter and Instagram. Twitter. I
3: awesome. have to get my book going. You two ladies are so illustrious. Uh-huh. Kathy Irway is multi-book multi, multi book published. Yeah. Multi? Yes. Well, too. Okay. That's a lot.
2: <laughs> All right. Well, you guys are amazing. Thank you so much. And thanks to everyone at Heritage for um, uh, taking on this special episode. We'll see you next week on Eat Your Words.
1: I like
3: the way you do.
2: Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org.